0: this Galarian life, the adventurers take a rest and get to know each other. Neither of you really seem like you're from around these parts.
1: Yeah, thank God for that. The gang sits around the fire to tell stories of the past. Tell you what though, at least I can spin a good yarn, and I'm about to do that right now.
0: Traumas are revealed. I level my dagger at him, and be like, stop right
1: there, Slaver. Betrayals are discovered. Me and Slick go back 30 years, why she got somebody following me around And personalities begin to come together.
2: Let me tell you, on the battlefield, nobody cares where you're from.
1: The stakes are high. What happens if Sam dies in this flashback?
3: (laughs) I die in real life, too. Want
1: to know more? Then keep listening. Hey, everybody.
0: It's me again, Derek, your DM. Obviously, I want to thank everybody for giving us all this support. But also, I wanted to talk about a fairly big... Temporary change in the show. Gavin, or Jock, as some of you might know him, uh, is temporarily leaving. Uh, work kind of got in the way. He's starting a new job, and that job requires a pretty intensive training program. It, we just couldn't make the schedule work out. So, for the time being, he's gonna be he's gonna be persona non grata. But we think we still can keep up the quality that. You've all come to know and expect from these past three amazing episodes, so we'll keep at it. And each week, I think we're getting better and better. The jokes will get better, the audio quality will get better. With that. Welcome to episode four: Forest Fires. It's your second night in the Fangwood Forest. You all are still injured. Aubrey and some of the town leaders that you saved have taken the villagers a little deeper into the woods. To to train them how to do night watches, leaving you all behind. So you're sitting around the campfire. What do you think you're talking about?
1: Oh boy, what a day. What a day indeed. Hey, Cyrix, it's your turn to uh, say what a day.
3: Yes, what a day.
1: Well, I guess I'll uh, turn in then, if nobody else is gonna, you know, prompt a flashback of any sorts. I feel like I've been coming at Greg a lot lately, so, uh, well, I got nothing else. Greg, your wife's ugly.
0: So are you, but I don't say anything.
1: Yeah, well, you don't got to sleep with me, do you?
0: No, I don't. <laughs> you strange, strange little man.
3: I, for one, thinks Greg's wife is is very attractive young gnome man.
0: Greg's eyes narrow across the fire as so he looks at Sirix.
1: Yeah, I bet you'd rather uh, be getting my side now, huh, would you? Insults don't look so bad, do they?
0: Not to uh, offend anyone here, but neither of you really seem like you're from around
1: these parts. Yeah, thank God for that, because I'm not liking what I'm seeing so far.
0: Well, normally it's very lovely around here, just hobgoblins, you know. You know, the forest is full of very strange and interesting things. A little bit, uh, several miles from here, there's a uh, encroachment of, uh, Dark
1: Fae. Would you like to go there, little one? Uh, what's that? Tell me, tell me a little bit more about that. That does actually, that does sound nice.
3: Uh, what do you mean by Dark bay?
0: To the north, there's a village. It was, uh, it was eaten up by a kind of dark fae that just kind of came out of the woods. They produce a strange disease, it's like a fungus, kind of, that'll get into your brain and it'll cause pustules and it'll drive you mad. You'll kill your friends and your family and anyone who's nearby. With this, Greg kind of lifts up his pant leg where you can see a very large and strange-looking scar. Always
1: infected. Kill him.
0: I was a a young ranger a long, long time ago. I was uh, stationed there to uh, watch over when the blight hit and everyone started going mad and attacking each other. I barely made it out myself. It's uh, rather dark.
3: Oh, um, yeah. I, I I know about the play i that's the first time that I left home it it hit my village as well the town I lived in it was small kind of hidden in the mountains of paris i uh, I lived on a farm with my mother and right outside the the village and you know we raised animals and well I raised the animals and uh, I really raised my mother too she was she was, she was a little a little different uh, but when I was in my in my teens, she she passed away from from the blight. Most of the town did. and these these fay they, they just I, I really don't remember most of it, but I somehow got out alive too and and that's when I started journeying away. Um, and I left asia
0: so, in your mind, clear as day, you remember what it felt like during those times. A 19-year-old, a 19-year-old Cyrix is wandering through Verisia, looking for some sort of settlement, some sort of shelter, some sort of hope, and she's having the damnedest time finding it. She's afraid. She wanders upon a tiny hamlet in the middle of nowhere, finds a small inn, and with whatever money she had remaining purchases a room for the night and lists off to sleep. Sirix, make a perception check.
3: It is an eleven.
0: Well, you wake up because you hear the sound of hissing coming from your room. You sit up and you see a small cloud. Looks like it's filled with uh, glistening insects. And then under the door pops a small other creature,
4: tiny with wings. Sirix, Peter, is is this you? Who, Who are you? doesn't matter who we are all that's important is who you are
3: you are serious i'll i'll let you know who i am as soon as i know who you
4: are we come from the fairy court you see long ago our leaders told us you would be born and we've been trying to find you ever since you are special what do you mean, special? We don't necessarily know. We just know you're very important to the tapestry of the universe. Your birth was foretold. We're here to protect you.
3: Let's say that I am Siryx Pleothor, Not. What are
4: you here for? What am I supposed to do? She waves her hands in the air and casts a spell. We'll provide protection. This spell, for example, will increase your ability to take hits. It's it's called shield, and mechanically gives
0: you a plus four shield bonus to AC. She waves her hands again, and the shield magic is gone.
3: So then are you are you going to follow me around everywhere, or...?
4: If you would like us to help you, come with us. We'll find a safer place than this. You are marked by... Less than reputable people and people like us. So, time might blow the essence. Will you come with us, Xerox PFR? Can I roll a sense motive? I rolled a 22.
0: You believe them, but you get the sense that they're withholding something, but you can't tell what.
3: Alright, before I take you up on this offer, where, where are we going?
4: To a safe place. We'll take you to our home. For a queen. She'll tell you what she knows.
3: And where is your home? How far is it from
4: here? Have you ever heard of Nirmathas?
3: I know of Nirmathas, yes.
4: There is a forest, though. It's called the Fanwood. That's where we live.
3: Okay, I'll...
4: I'll go with you, I suppose. We should leave now, under the darkness.
3: Could I at least... Get a couple more hours of sleep, though.
4: We have business to attend to. Um, I'll tell you what. We'll. You keep traveling on your own, and we'll come back for you. We'll find you. We know where you go.
3: Sounds ominous, but okay. I will. I will see you later then. And then I, uh, crawl back into bed.
4: We will see you soon.
0: You wake up. And you set out the same direction you were going. It's getting cold. You're getting tired. You have the supplies you need to make it through the night. Enough food for a couple of days journey. What do you do?
3: Well, I start looking around then for a, a safe place to, to set up my tent. Um, you manage to
0: find uh, like a rocky structure that blocks the wind from the direction it's currently going.
3: Okay. Um, well, I start to set up my tent there, then.
0: Perception check, followed by a will save.
3: Uh, 10 for perception, uh, 17 for a will save, um, and if it's an enchantment, I have an additional plus two.
0: You hear in the distance what sounds like um, uh, like a horse-drawn caravan.
3: I poked my head out of my tent. Can I see them?
0: You think they'd be on the other side of the rock, which is small enough to get around but you can't see them from where you are
3: well then I get out of my, my bedroll and I um, put my shoes on and I start climbing over the rocks to see what's going on but, but somewhat cautiously
0: you see the faint outlines of the caravan but with that will save you can make out that it's you can make out that it's illusory it's
3: not really there Cyrix is, is mildly disturbed, but also kind of interested. So she sneaks closer to see if she can see who's making the illusion.
0: Does a 24 hit your AC? Yeah.
1: What happens if Sam dies in this flashback?
3: <laughs> I die in real life, too. <laughs> uh,
1: you take three damage.
3: Oh, God damn it. And
0: then, crowd of glistening insects comes out and. Cockroaches crawl out and surround him but behind you.
4: If you're not going to come with us the easy way, we must might as well uh, make sure you don't disrupt the fairy cult by taking you out ourselves. Um, excuse me, what? Well, you were marked. But, you know, marked by us. The easy way to put is that we're the bad guys in the story. <laughs> 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 you're destined to disrupt the fairy court, so we're gonna disrupt you. So
0: she knocks another arrow, and you take it. You take one lethal damage. What do you do?
3: I I pull out my weapon. Um, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Being marked, trying to... Ca- I have never met a fairy in my life. It, oh, just you're... leave
4: me alone. The time was to strike my okay? fairy.
3: Time was us. I go to hit the the pixie lady i assume that a five does not hit
1: no it does not sam's gonna die in a flashback sam's gonna die in a flashback
0: the pixie knocks another arrow and make a perception check 15
3: for perception
0: you hear a tiny little snarl right next to you and then a little brush of wind next to your leg And then the next thing you know, a fox is latched onto the pixie with its mouth. Seemingly standing right next to you, jumped off and then became visible. It bites her after a bit of a scuffle, rips her head clean off. It goes after the cockroach monster. Cockroach monster uses its little cockroaches that it spit out of itself to try to attack the fox, but the fox evades them and with one clean bite, rips it in half and it's dead as well.
3: Thank you for saving me, Derek.
0: (laughs) As you climb down, the fox slowly walks up to you. Miss Pleathor. you must know there's still time for you. He, like, kinda turns around real quick. Then is a human man standing in front of you. He reaches into his pocket, pulls out a wand. <laughs>
3: yeah, he does.
0: It's not that kind of wand. <laughs> I suppose you won't have to go it alone. You won't remember much of this. Uh, make a will save.
3: Uh, will save is 21, um, and then plus two to enchantment.
0: So you feel your brain kind of swirling in in your head, um, and he goes, when you wake in the morning, you won't remember the pixie, won't remember the cockroach, you won't remember me. Take this, someday you'll remember when the time is right. And he hands you a locket. He takes a word to restore, and someday you'll learn that word. He turns back to a fox and walks away. You open up the locket. The only thing in it is a little tuft of orange hair. So back at the campfire, you just finished the story of how you left town, and then you left, and then eventually made it to wherever the first place you began your brothel parties are. But the story didn't include the pixie, the Morgadea, or the fox. You don't know any of that ever happened.
1: Cyrix, you're going to hate me, but I could you just run all of that back one more? I just wasn't listening. I'm sorry.
0: Truly, you are a monster.
3: You feel too small to be a monster, though, like...
1: I mean I'm goblins like, uh, are little, but they're monsters. I'm like Mike from the Monsters Inc. that we've all seen. What are you talking about?
3: Goblins are, are ferocious though. This 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 short little man is just
1: Beautiful. Sexy. There's Rippling, a crippling.
3: There's a very, savage. There's a very small list of, of of people that I am unattracted to and uh, unfortunately, Mal Grogoog, you are you are on it.
1: Thank God too. Sirix, I gotta say, you know, I, I judged you for kind of like a bad storyteller and a boring person, and let me just say, you exceeded all expectations on that front. Wait till you, I tell you what, though, at least I can spin a good yarn, and I'm about to do that right now. You all haven't even seen me in a while, you know, I, I'm surprised I have even let you talk this much. I a lot of stuff's been going on with me since I left the group.
3: Didn't you just go into a shed and, uh, never mind.
1: No, no. Now, I, I left the group, I don't know. It feels like a fortnight ago after our Battle Royale at the temple. Uh, as I'm sure you know you all remember, it was it was uh, I think I took on something like ninety nine of the Hobgoblins, but I used all the resources at my disposal, got a few lucky shots in and emerged uh, victorious. So as you'll recall, I uh, was tasked with the very important responsibility of you know using the body of that hobgoblin to go shepherd some refugees. You know, which was honestly, on your alls part, a mental error, a mistake, if you will. Because I gotta tell you, the first thing I did as soon as y'all were out of sight was dump that body right into the river and go on my merry way. I don't really give a shit about refugees. I don't really care. And uh, so it was nice to, you know, take a load off and uh, just sit by the creek for a few hours watching that hobgoblin float away. Because I've got bigger worries than some hobgoblin or saving a few worthless refugees like Greg's wife.
0: Behind one of the buildings, closer to the town, you see a humanoid figure watching
1: you. Ah, fuck. Alright, I think what I want to do is stand up and, and, and look their way to let them know that, like, I see them, and, uh, and maybe make a few steps in that direction and call out to them. A
0: man steps out. You don't know him personally, but on his robes you see the symbol of a small noose, like a, a patch. Um, and you recognize that as the calling card for your the person you're endowed to.
1: Are uh, you are you with uh, Are you with Slick? Hick? Uh, yeah. What does she want?
0: Uh, she just wants to make sure you're doing your job, upholding your bargain.
1: Me and Slick go back thirty years. Why she got somebody following me around? I'm holding my end of the bargain up, as you can see plainly a distraction has happened
0: uh watching the dead body right next to the outskirts of no, town no how
1: about the fucking hobgoblin attack that you witnessed too
0: all i'm saying is uh she don't trust you much
1: yeah well she's gonna hear from me i'll tell you that because this feels disrespectful
0: well uh, some of the boys they don't trust you much either yeah who's that name name well it's jerry it's fat jerry tall jerry other jerry and then tim
1: yeah well i don't know what i've ever done other than build up that trust over the course of the last couple decades because i i feel like i'm getting a little bit of undue suspicion in this case I, i'm gonna i'm gonna finish the job don't you worry and you can tell slick that
0: i think it's about time that maybe uh we finished the job we feel like maybe you're getting some special treatment that
1: some of us are yeah i'll cast magic missile the uh yeah whatever uh roll a umd check uh, 14, so that fails.
4: Trying to attack, huh? Oh,
1: yeah, right. we all know what that was coming to. When Let's get I get my, re- my report to Slick, she ain't going to like that. I'll be giving my report to Slick, and my report's going to be stapled to your lifeless fucking forehead.
0: He steps up to you, and he says, So, this is two ways we can do this. Either you. Nope, there's
1: one way we can do this. Attack of Opportunity, please. Go for it. What? Attack of Opportunity. This a suppressor. <laughs> Edward, he he's just swinging wildly. That's fine. Okay,
0: that's a four. You swing at him. You make contact, He goes, ah, that
1: that that tickles a little bit, buddy. Ah, uh, you gotta admit though, my bluster is impressive. I
0: I can see why uh, she uh she hired you, man. Best fight, best fighter in our
1: group, right? here. Yeah. yeah, I can't fight for shit, but I'll fuck your wife. <laughs>
0: uh he takes out like uh. A baton kind of thing, and swings it at you. Twenty-three hit. No. So he hit you for fifteen damage. I am dead. Non-lethal damage, so you're unconscious. I I'm am dead. unconscious. I'm, I'm not just retconning that. It was a baton. It's made for non-lethal damage.
1: Yeah, it's still funny though. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love my character now. I got him. I got figure figured out. So you're passed out.
0: You feel a small. You feel a small trickle of liquid coat down your throat. Uh, not the first time. And you wake up. You are tied to a chair in a small little building. Your friend is standing there as well. So I thought about it, and I think that maybe if I make this look like a war casualty, is gonna be less coming down on me. If the hobgoblins are the ones who kill ya.
1: Wait, you thought about something? What have I been out, like a week? It, it did take me a while, but,
0: but you know, it looks better for me, it looks better for the family,
1: if I
0: let you die on your own accord, if I say, You got ganked by a hobgoblin, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let these fucks burn down the town, burn down the shed, or, you know, just find you, keep my hands clean.
1: So, so good luck with all that, buddy. Your hands will never be clean, you wipe your ass with them.
0: He, uh, smacks you in the face and goes, well, now you got shit on Not with those I shit
1: hands. God
0: damn it. Good luck, Truxton. I hope it doesn't hurt too bad. And he walks out the door. i say 20, 30 minutes pass. hear a little bit of skittering on the roof. And in crawls a tiny little fox through a hole in the ceiling and starts biting at your ropes. <gasps> and he peels it away.
1: Whoa, not that
0: rope. He gracefully avoids your penis. Your ropes fall off. fox sits at your feet and goes... Truxton, I need you to know that this life that you're living isn't the one that you're meant for, and...
1: What, tied to a chair, getting ready to burn to death? Well, you're not
0: tied up anymore. That's a technicality. Everybody gets one saving. This is yours. Make the most out of it. I probably will not. I'll just... Do what you can. And when the time is right, use this. He flips a little bag at you off of his tail... It looks like the medieval equivalent of a dime
1: bag, but it's empty. I immediately put it in my pie and smoke it. The (laughs) bag. Yeah. Um, Just to see if there's any residue.
0: You notice that it doesn't burn. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay. It's immune to fire. Goddamn DM Fiat. I will appreciate it if you
0: didn't tell the others about this, assuming you survive. Uh, Uh, Tell them
1: about what, this empty bag that you've given me? I mean, hey, listen, I don't think they'll feel bad about it. I don't think yeah. they'll you feel the feeling I give me a gift in turn, if that's what you're worried about.
0: I was thinking more of the goddamn talking fox saving your life.
1: Oh, oh, I see talking animals all the time, and I tell people about them all the time. Nobody ever listens. It's probably fine. That's fair. And also, for your sake... Last talking animal, I saw, you know, there were ropes and the animal was there, but it ended much different, quite
4: a bit.
0: Ah.
4: Oh my god!
0: I believe your friends will be on their way soon, uh. So, may I suggest just do what comes naturally. Good luck, Truxton. And then I would imagine you pull out a joint or something.
1: Yeah, I'll go ahead and do that.
0: And a couple minutes later, the door opens again, and there are two hobgoblins standing there. And one goes,
4: "Oh, my man,
1: is that Keith?" Uh, it is if you got a uh, little, little coin on you. Oh,
0: we found lots of coin in the village. May. Oh, it's been such a stressful day. Maybe we partake?
1: <laughs> hey, glad you, you know, glad you took those suckers out. I got no attachment to them. Yeah, you can partake. And then,
0: <laughs> and then I imagine Truxton winks at the camera and the scene fades to black. Are we really just hiding in that shed the whole time.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, hiding is a word I would not choose, but, you know, don't really care about your opinion or what you think at all.
3: (laughs) Okay, okay, short man, you're telling me that there was a shed free from combat for four hours this afternoon.
1: Well, free, I was tied up for like at least 30 minutes of that, I would say.
3: That's how I spend half my night.
1: Da, 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 da. Oh. You're ridiculous in your own way, though. You know, you're know, you kind of like this big, serious guy. You know, you don't have any real discernible personality beyond just kind of being the straight man, you know?
3: He's, you know...
1: He's All right, you're a family tall, man, I get it.
3: dark, brooding, handsome. You know, I can really see what, what your wife sees in you, Greg.
1: Thank you. Wait, that Thank wasn't you. a bad joke. I don't get it.
3: I slid closer to Craig and put my hand on his knee. What was your wife's name again?
1: Laura. In, in all seriousness, though, uh, how did you end up meeting your, um, uh, beautiful wife?
0: Hmm. To be perfectly honest, I asked you all where you're from. I'm not from around here, either. Sirix. you might have heard of Corvosa.
3: Well, I've, I've spent some, uh, some time in Corvosa, yes. Uh, very uh, nice, nice, nice men.
0: I hate to disagree with you, but I think it's a rather terrible place. It's where my family's from. People treat coin worth more than friends. Or family, for that matter. I won't... I'll spare you all details. Suffice it to say, I left a rather despairing note. I packed my bags, grabbed a bow, and uh, left. Started heading east, through Varisa into uh, Nermathos. And once I got over the mountains, I figured uh, I'd start settling down, find somewhere, or get a real job, you know? Somehow I wound up uh, a ranger. I never was one for people, and uh, we spend most of our time alone in the woods. Young Greg finds himself, after a couple of days of ranging, in a small city in Nirmathos called Longshadow whether he's resting for the night or selling his wares, he ends up in a bar orders a drink, sits down by himself and then looks up and catches the eye of a hauntingly beautiful woman sitting across the bar from him who's sitting with two other men. She smiles but then she looks down as the smile fades from her face almost ashamed that she even considered what she considered while she was with the men she was with. And then the night just kind of moves on. She retires to the inn upstairs, and the two men stay down and continue talking. I bust out the old uh, ranger ears. She's a good one, isn't she? Yeah, she's not bad. i like her. Yeah, pretty penny that one will fetch. Yeah, I should go find them. We'll probably be here in about an hour or so to, to gather her up. Yes, so I'll make sure she she stays here. Good. And thank you for your help. Greg lowers his head. His uh hood kind of forms a, a, a dark recess in his face and looks very brooding. So the woman's upstairs. The two, one of the men leaves. The other one goes upstairs. Uh, Greg is going to slip out and follow the person outside to confirm whether it was a uh, some kind of strange animal bartering or if you stumble upon some slavers. You walk outside, uh, right as the man rounds a corner. And uh, can I do some kind of check to like scurry behind like a barrel or something? Wait, so he real quick looks back, kind of scans the area and then you make an acrobatics check. Oh boy, oh. Well, I got plus three and I rolled a six so that's nine. Rolls are not with me tonight loudly kind of still flopping in the mud it's dark i just kind of like very unelegantly roll behind the barrel and like hit it and it kind of like clunks and hits the other barrel in fact it knocks one over he looks over and you hear him go god fucking drunks and he keeps going you tail him he weaves in and out of the buildings and eventually he knocks on a door and you hear
4: uh, come in!
0: The door opens. He walks through. The window's open. Can I right. scooch under the window to a prime ease-dropping right. position? Yeah, go ahead and make a perception check. Yeah, hey, that's a good perception. That's an 18. Uh, plus 7 as well, that's 25.
4: Oh, I think maybe we
0: should talk in my native tongue to, uh, avoid the ladies upstairs hearing us. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds about right. does <laughs> that happen to be Goblin? Oh, guess what Greg speaks. Know. So you found another, did you? If she's pretty enough, we'll say a hundred gold. This is good work you're doing for us. Bring them, and we'll get you your pay. That sounds good. I'll see ya. He walks out the door. Uh, as he uh, kind of goes... To go out the door, I, uh, step away from, uh, under the window to an alley to kind of, like, face away. And as he opens the door, I cough to, uh, reform the, uh, the illusion of being a, uh, a gross, dirty hobo. Dirty, gross hobos all over the place. And he turns and then, um, goes the opposite direction that he came in to enter the door but then he turns immediately, and if you were to tail him, he would circuitously be doubling back to the inn. Well, uh, I'm going to uh, do some more creeping. How dangerous vigilante do I want to go? The real question is, am I Batman or am I Cable? Or are you just some dude who's going to let this lady get taken? I mean, I don't imagine I'm that. question is, how is the best way to go about this? Because this is a... Uh... Don't want to make a misstep and then someone move without me being able to stop them. I suppose I'm going to uh, beat him. Beat him. Can I, is there a way I can beat him back to uh, the tavern? On the other side of this building, um, a bit of overgrowth that you could kind of sneak through. And it would be more of a straight shot to the inn than ducking in and out of the alleys. All right, I uh, beeline it back to the tavern before he gets there. When you get to the door, you see him turn a corner and about 100 feet off. He doesn't seem to notice you, though. Good. Um, hmm, what to do, what to do? I suppose I'm going to uh, step into the tavern. Uh, I mentioned it's probably pretty late. Is there any other customers in there? The bartender is kind of wiping off the bar for the day, but there's nobody else. Um, I... I'm going to go upstairs, and upstairs, is there a, uh, like, kind of an alcove and a hallway where I can kind of, like, lean up against the door and hide? Yeah, right next to the ice machine. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. Do they get, is there a soda uh, machine? to that coke? Yeah, it well, <laughs> it's Shasta. Damn it. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I'm going to make a stealth check right. to try and uh, just creep up behind that and wait. Uh, that's a 10 plus 7. That's a 17. He walks up the stairs, nears the corner of the little alcove that you're standing at, and stops. Turns his head and goes, Fucking Shasta. And <laughs> then
1: he's walking.
0: Maybe he's not so bad. Where is he walking to? He opens a door to room on the far end of the hallway. Room number 69. Wink. I'm gonna slip on down the hallway as quietly as possible, and I wanna try and eavesdrop through, uh, through this, his room door. We'll roll over the stealth and the walls are pretty paper thin. Baby, right. tomorrow we'll take you to Tamron. Show you all the nice things in the Just go to sleep because we got a big day of traveling tomorrow. Proceed to breach and clear. I'm not a strength based Well, I got 14 strength, but kicking down a door is still pretty hard. Could I use a dagger to uh, do Well, no. Oh, right. Kicking down a door what? is
1: hard. How the hell are you going to carry your wife across the threshold?
0: I don't know. I, I guess I could have slight, could I use a dagger and like get a bonus on disabled device to just jam the lock? Sure, go for it. You be yourself a plus two. And I rolled a one. Also, I'm not trained in it. I'm <laughs> can, I just, can I just say I try and kick the door instead and make a strength check? This is clearly not gonna work. I'm not trained in that skill, so I can't make it. I try to kick the door down. I rolled a four and plus two, it's a six. You said the walls are paper-thin, so how good are the doors, really? <clears throat> so I'll tell you what
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: They're wood thick. Your boot goes straight into the door and makes a very loud noise. They open the door.
4: What the fuck?
0: Oh, uh, sorry, I thought this was the Hobgoblin Slave Trader Room. Well, you wouldn't be... Wait a minute! I stabbed the dude in the throat! Uh, make an attack roll. Okay, I roll... And I get a natural twenty. Uh, roll to confirm. Does a fourteen hit him? To confirm. He is he is very flat footed, so yes. Awesome. Uh four plus three. 24. I do eight damage. Uh, you drag your dagger across his throat, slits it wide open, and he falls to his knees and and passes well, he dies. There's no coming back from that. And nah, the man. Woman, the woman who's sitting on the bed kind of just starts screaming as the other man goes towards you. I level my dagger at him and be like, "Stop right there, slaver!" And the woman's eyes kind of get big, and she goes, "Slaver!" And the guy stops, put it down, and we'll handle this peacefully. I make a sense motive check. Uh, I roll an eight plus seven to fifteen. Oh, he rolled a 12, and you can tell he doesn't want to do this peacefully as you see his hand go for the sword and his scabbard on his side. Uh, whenever I see him go for this, the sword, I'm going to try and stab him. All right, I uh, rolled a 16 plus 3. That's 19. 19 hits. Uh, I deal uh, 5 damage to him. That is a lot of damage, but he continues on with what he's doing. He pulls his sword, and he tries to swing it at you. Does a 14 hit? Nay. I take my dagger and I uh, kind of sidestep the blow and I go in for another stab. Ooh, does a, a 14 hit this one as well? It does. All right, how's six damage treating? So you kind of just slash him in the gut. He goes down and he's bleeding out of his stomach. And the woman goes,
4: what are you doing? Why did you kill my
2: friends?
0: Those were not your friends. I followed that one out of the tavern. He went and uh, talked to a hobgoblin. They're planning to sell you. Look, I, I just saw you kill two people. Why should I believe you? I just kind of look at her, and I uh, just kind of uh, look down at them. You don't have to. The evidence will prove it. And I kind of uh, kind of start searching them. So th- do they have anything really obvious, like in their pockets? You pat him down, and on one of the pockets, you feel like a coin purse. And along with the coin purse, there's a piece of paper. Is it in in Goblinoid? It's in Common. It says, it says, bring the girl to 20 North Street, and we'll discuss payment. I hand her the note. See for yourself. Well, this certainly doesn't look good uh she she bends down and starts looking on their bodies and she pulls a religious she pulls a religious symbol off of one's neck this this is a a symbol of asmodeus he's the the god of slavery and tyranny maybe you're right thank you whatever your name is greg You can call me Greg. My name's Laura. It's nice to meet you, Laura. Several years later, you are walking down a cleared path with a large archway at the end. A woman in a white dress is standing at the end along with a priest of Erastil. I understand you've written your vows. Greg, how about you go? I'm a simple man, so I'll put it simply. My love for you is greater than my hatred of gods, Greg, we met each other on perhaps what could have been my worst day. You saved my life and I owe you everything. And hopefully, I can save yours. And hopefully, you'll never have to save mine again. I love you. The ceremony wraps up. You're walking down the aisle and make a perception check. I uh, rolled a nine, plus seven, that's a uh, sixteen. You hear from the crowd a voice quiet, but you make it out as if somebody's like whispering loudly to another mm-hmm. man Hey, Greg Tuller, that's the woodsman and you walk out and you're unwrapping presents days later however long and you find one it's a pocket watch with a picture of a giant oak tree and an axe swinging into the tree base. Um, doesn't open, but there's a note with it and it just says, you'll need this later. There's some maybe hairs that got attached to the note. Can you make a survival check? I roll a 15 plus 7, that's 22. What are they? These hairs are pretty common for this region. They're fox hair. Greg, Truxton, and Cyrix. Around the fire, you see Gorgook peer out of the forest.
2: Oh, hey,
1: it's Gorgook. Oh, it's you. I thought you ran away. I never run. I'm the world's most brave and, and professional coward. I mean, soldier.
2: Uh, uh, uh. Oh, I want to hate you, but I simply cannot. I'm like your little brother
1: that you never had.
2: It's easy to hate him. How goes camp?
3: speaks pretty well. but been swapping stories around the campfire.
2: Want to come join us? Uh, you don't need to fill me on the story you told, by the way. I, too, have met many a woman at the Ponderosa Steakhouse. No need to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna warn you all now. I, I didn't
0: marry a weak woman. If you make those jokes around her, she'll break your arm.
2: Well, she's clearly robust, of
1: course. I would never dare challenge her.
0: I'm just saying, especially you, little one, you ever have a woman pick you up and pile drive you?
1: Oh, many a time, sexually. How about not sexually? <laughs> How well, about bone would, breaking? Uh, that situation will never arise with your wife, I promise. The
4: sexual Fair part or the non-sexual part?
1: Uh,
2: all three. That being said, perhaps it is best as we sit around this fire that we not only plan our strategy for the coming days, but perhaps relax a bit after a battle well fought. And Gorgug reaches into his knapsack and pulls out the remainder of that fine brandy that Jack bought for him the first night of the adventure <laughs> and he passes it around while i was out and about in the forest i saw the goblins attempting to build a bridge to our side of the river it should take them some time to do so but they are mostly using slave labor so make of that what you will
1: uh not much to be honest Can we put them to work for us
2: or eyes seem to stare into the distance hmm. yes a joke perhaps it is to you but for those of us who've seen it and dealt with it and even lived it yeah, it's still funny from time to time, but generally it's not. <laughs> the, the sides of the screen get wavy. It's a beautiful autumn morning. Gorgug is currently in the Malthuni Imperial Army. He's on the verge of becoming a sergeant. His hair, longer and slightly less gray than it is now, waves in the wind. It's a good day for Gorgug. Him and his men, fresh off a happy battle, have been heavily inebriated. That morning, he slinked out of a brothel, deftly dodging payments. He'll say he was on accident, but we all might know the truth deep down. And he looks forward to an assignment ahead. He doesn't know quite what it'll be, but it'll probably involve killing humans, so. Sounds okay.
0: Your only responsibility for the next week is to patrol, try to find any resistance forces or any sort of buildings that you could take over. You've got four young men that come along with you. One is a perhaps overly persnickety man named Alabaster Sneed. He's the son of one of the noble families in Molthud. He really is only in the military to raise his position. And he says, I don't know why I'm coming with this mission. I should be taking a much-deserved bath back at the town. Or having my feet rubbed by those women in the brothel. You
2: know, man, keep talking that way and I'll give you a long, long bath in the bottom of the nearby river. Uh, I know you're here because your daddy has money, but let me tell you on the battlefield, nobody cares where you're from.
0: He looks at you, his head kind of sinks, he goes, all right. You know very little.
2: So I'd recommend if you want to make it out of this alive, either from the enemies or from me, you keep your mouth shut, you keep your blade hand warm, and you get ready.
0: I suppose I'll only be under your service for a couple more days, so I might as well do what you say. you climb a medium-sized hill, and you notice a small wooden fort in the backdrop. You hear the sound of what sounds like the whip, followed by uh, screams of agony.
2: Is this Uh, fort under Malthuni control? It is not. Does it look heavily defended?
0: Uh, There are two wooden towers...
2: On the doors, an
0: archer stands at the top of each. But other than that, there isn't even a gate. It's an open door.
2: I turn to my soldiers and Mr. Sneed. All right, boys, Sneed in particular, you can make a name for yourself this day. Take this fort, plant our banner, and go home and shrink it all off. How's that sound?
0: Two archers, when they see you, train their bows on you. And one says, who goes there?
2: I am Gorgoob, soldier of the Malthuni army.
4: Malthuni? These lands,
2: these lands lay under our fealty. If not currently, then inevitably in the future. You will grant this forth to us, and in return, you shall keep your lives. Well, I am a half orc, so I'll say that with a uh, subtle threat behind us. I'll roll intimidate for it. Does a 29 do it? I'm not the one to make the decisions.
0: We'll let you in. You could go talk to Jarris. He's the gentleman with the whip and the great sword. He'll put you in your place.
2: I'd like to see him try. Take me to this Jared. Is it Jared Kushner, by the way? It is. Oh, not
0: You walk into the fort. It is well lit for this time of night. Torches everywhere. Seemingly magical illumination. And there's a man in the center, surrounded by two or three other soldiers. What looks like ten people on their knees shackled together um and he is the man with the the great sword you assume is Jareth is just whipping the one on the end uh with no remorse and he says this is what happens if any of you try to escape this man will serve as a lesson to every single one of you his death is a reminder that you will never leave this place, or you are my slaves. He turns around, notices you and your band of merry men. Who the fuck are you?
2: Jared, I presume. I am Gorgug of the Malthuni army. These lands, by right of the gods and our king, fall under Malthuni territory and fealty. I come here to offer you a simple choice, a man as wise as you should surely understand. Take the knee now, fly the banner of Malthus, and your life will be spared. You'll be left in control of this small portion of the country. Do with it as you will.
0: I owe Neil for anybody. You fucking Malthune scum think you own everything. We're going to take back everything from every one of you. And I guarantee you ain't winning this fight.
2: Well, Jared, if you like it that way, we can do it that way. Gorgugul reached down, he turns his head back to his men. It's what you're here for, boys. Sneed, try not to die. And from a scabbard on his waist while his right leg pulls out a blade, it shimmers with an interesting magical power. He takes the sword and points it at Jared. One last chance, Slave Master. Take the knee or die on your back.
1: I'm fighting you one-on-one. One v on one. Oh, one, one, octagon, bitch.
2: Oh yeah, baby, it's a seven.
0: Gareth charges at you,
2: swings his greatsword.
0: There's a 23 hit. Yes. 23 points of damage.
2: Not bad, friend. It won't be enough to save you, but not bad. Gorgoog starts shit-talking. His chant has begun, and he moves to attack him in kind. Oh, also, as he moves to attack, his sword illuminates with some type of magical arcane brilliance. Derek, just for a note, these will be power attacks. Here's my first attack of two. Does 26 do it? Yeah. Not bad. Okay, first he takes 16 points of damage. Now, because I hit him with that, I also get to roll Intimidate on the power attack. Does a 31 intimidate him? Yeah, he's shaking. Okay, he's now shaking. Now for my second attack, does a 27 hit? Yes. He'll take, oh, natural one on the damage, but he'll take 14 points of damage from that, and we're actually not quite done yet, because he will also take, through Discordant Voice, An additional 10 damage so he takes 16 plus 20 uh 16 plus 14 plus 10.
0: so in the background you see uh your men fighting his men um seemingly to a stalemate and the archers are firing into that fray but they're not doing super well jareth he looks at you and goes not bad
1: it's time for you to take the knee.
0: He a trip. It's a
2: 25 versus your CMD.
1: This My is a very CMD. Dragon Ball Z style fight so far. I like it. My
2: CMD is 22, so yes, he does overcome it. You are prone.
0: So you're on the ground. He takes a step back. He addresses the slaves and goes, I first wanted you to kill one of these. I'll make sure you don't die this week. Any volunteers? One on the end raises his hands and he goes, Marrow, release that one.
2: And, uh, Derek, from where I'm sitting, what is the radius of this fort? I would say it's about like
1: 20 feet by 20 feet. <laughs>
2: Good. While well, laying on his back, Gorgug looks at the sky. It's yet another battle where his enemy thinks he's going to win just because Gorgug is flat on his ass, which, while perhaps embarrassing, will certainly not stop him from killing everybody here if he has to. Gorgug then, channeling deep down inside from his years as a child in the rougher parts of town, begins talking the most incredible amount of shit on everybody around him. It's so good, in fact, that there seems to be an arcane art to how well he's talking shit. And he then casts Blistering Invective. Okay, Derek, so the way this works is it will last for one round of level of it hits. It's intimidate. It's an intimidate check, and for anybody who becomes intimidated by it, they take 1d10 of fire damage and then on fire the rest of the spell. That's for any enemy within 30 feet radius of me. So basically everybody.
0: So who are you considering an
2: enemy? Everybody but that little slave boy. He draws a sword against me, so he probably deserves to die, but Gorgug's feeling mildly generous this morning. He'll probably change his mind when people light on fire. We'll see. And if he doesn't, he can die. Go ahead
0: and make the intimidate check.
2: Natural 20. They all take
0: 1d10 fire damage. So go ahead and roll that. We'll just They're
2: demoralized and on fire, Derek. Right.
0: Well, the Jareth's already demoralized. So that extends his
2: shaken condition. You want me to roll the damage on that? Yes. Oh, well, minimum. They're on fire, and they're all burning for one damage this round. I assume that's bad news for the guys on the wooden palisades, by the way. I'm not sure how magical fire works, but... There is
0: a reflex save to prevent the catching on fire. Which a two will not pass, I assume. Do you see two of the three soldiers in the background? They collapse as your two men who aren't the noble fella. Uh, stab him. They catch on fire and collapse. Jareth took fire damage. He's also very spooked. He's not looking happy. But he steps forward to you and swings with the great sword. 21.
2: Uh, that will, well, because I'm on my back I don't get my, uh... Yeah, that That's hits. Up. Yeah, that gets... 20 damage.
0: That'd be a 31 I'll do it. 16 damage. And it's your turn.
2: Now we're pod racing, boys. <laughs> <You never laughs> now
4: this <is> pod racing.
2: <laughs> okay, so if I move now, that'll probably trigger an attack of opportunity. My cast will probably trigger one, too. Yep. What are the negatives to attack while lying on your ass?
0: Uh, minus four.
2: Okay. I will go ahead and attempt while laying flat on my ass to smack my flaming foe in the face with my sword a couple times. 30 for the first... That hits. 19 damage. That's going to be a total of 22 damage on that first hit with the sword and voice. And I assume a 10 will not hit him, so the second attack whiffs.
0: Alistair delivers a final blow on one of the, the last of the uh, sworded fighters, and your other two turn their attention to the archers on the tower, um, loosing two arrows at each. Um, and with the fire surrounding them, they fall. The slave man walks up to Jareth, looks at you in the eye, raises a hand, places it on Jareth's shoulder, casts Jareth's eyes glaze over, and the slave man says, you will run away from here. You will never come back. If you ever have the inkling to come back, you will throw yourself off of the cliff. And Jareth begins walking out. The man looks at you and says, Free these people. They do not deserve this. And then he steps back, turns into a fox, and runs away. Alabaster walks up and says, That was a hell of a fight. Ah, uh, so I I guess... Uh, I've
2: got some new, uh, toys to send home to daddy Uh, as Gorgook stands up, he casually casts Reviving Finale on the group. Everybody gets to heal for 2d6 damage.
1: How come you never use that when we fight, Gorgug?
2: Uh, mainly because it's a third-level spell. That heals me for a whopping seven. Uh, two things happen as Gorgook's standing. How far has this guy gotten away, by the way, Derek? a 100 feet. Uh, I don't have enough faith in my men to shoot him in the back of this distance. I guess he gets to live another day. I look around... Well, boys, battle well fought. The mystery fox boy is gone, but better not to think about these things. They'll make your head hurt. All right. Pack it up.
0: Let's gather up the slaves and bring them back to
2: the general. Ah. <laughs> oh, that was not yeah. part of the order, actually.
0: If you don't mind, I think I'm going to send one home to my father to prove how well I'm doing.
2: Sneeze, if you do any such thing, you'll never leave this place alive. And that's my solemn oath to you. <laughs> he walks up and grabs the whip. He goes,
0: these aren't men. These are our property. We won them in battle.
2: Well, apparently he's not listening. So I will go ahead and cast Ear Piercing Scream directly at him. Is that a fort save? Uh, he fails. <laughs> <laughs> Let me make sure I'm doing the damage right here. Uh, for two caster levels. Oh, God. 22 damage and he's dazed.
0: Well, he he's not dazed he falls to his knees and he looks at you and he goes you'll be hearing from my father and then he dies straight to death
2: I look around at the slaves and I look to my own remaining troops you know the thing about writing reports is it's done by the guy in charge gentlemen you don't feel like being narcs do you? they don't say anything that's what I thought I looked at the slaves I looked at my men boys you fought well today 100 gold pieces and all the weapons you can carry are yours to keep, plus the knowledge of the men you killed. Good job. I to the slaves. For you, you take all the rest. Any food and all the gold left in this wretched place. Then you're free to go. As far as I'm concerned, you were never here or where you escaped during the mayhem of the fight. Either way, I do not care. Your freedom and your lives are your own now.
0: Alright, I'm making a sense motive check.
2: Seven. Oh. ho.
0: So weeks pass, and you find yourself back at the camp with your commanding officer. He calls you to his tent, and he goes, goog there's one lesson you need to learn about war. Never give your men less gold than you give the people you save. They'll turn their backs on you. Also, you probably shouldn't kill your men, especially when that man happens to be a very important person in a very
2: important family. Commander, you know as well as I that rich spoiled lump of human flesh was neither a true soldier, nor even by your own standards a true man of Malthune. He lusted only only for fame and money. If it were not me killing him mercifully, he would have slowly down the battlefield.
0: Unfortunately, the fame and money his family has helps feed our men, and they've asked me to reprimand you. I'm not going to demote you, I'm not going to kick you out, but I have to do something. Hand over the blade.
2: By all rights, I are in this sword and glorious battle. You seek to take it from me. What makes me a soldier? What allows me to kill your enemies for your empire? Sometimes this is how
0: things have to be done. Perhaps one day... Hopefully one day soon you can earn it back. But I've... I've got to do something. Or else these men lose the support they need to live.
2: While Gorgoo thinks to himself that he would not mind necessarily killing the general and making a run for it, he does think of his men and his platoon. And goddamn how screwed they'd be if he wasn't there to heal them after the fights. Very well, General. Here's the sword. Hold it close. Or if you lose it, I'll be coming for it.
0: I. And try to make some better decisions out there, boy. You're dismissed.
2: Yes, sir. Corku walks out directly, directly to the canteen.
0: So you're in the canteen, Jeff. A gentleman walks up to you and like taps you on the back shoulder. When you turn around, he's presenting you with an empty scabbard, a picture of like twin crossed blades on it, and he says, "This." This is from my friend, Salvador You saved him the other day. Take it and use it when you need it.
2: You know, a boy is often rude to interrupt a half fork while he's eating, but I'll thank you for this. Uh, give me a perception check. 26. The inside
0: of the scabbard has some silk-like material, and at the very top, you can make out a little bit of red hair. kind of hair that you would think Come from
2: the fox. After I tell the story, I look over to the dome, and you see, boy, that's why it does allow for slavery in any realm I have power over. Not only because freedom is something to be cherished, I'm sorry, it's something are are to be. You, are you still going on? I
1: tuned out about like ten seconds into
2: that. I put uh, this way, Pendleton. The only thing more fun than freeing a slave is killing the slave master. Keep that in mind.
1: <laughs> I,
0: I <laughs> don't. Uh,
1: what? <laughs> Jesus!
0: The, the only the thing I like about this is Truxton just saw that fox like two days ago. And, <laughs> and everybody else is telling all these stories about the fucking fox. And Truxton's just tuning it out and he doesn't recognize
2: it. That's perfect. <laughs> That's box. completely perfect.
0: You hear some uh, rustling from the trees behind you. The refugees are back from their night watch with Aubryn. So Auburn and Olred have a man that you don't rec- you don't recognize as one of the refugees you brought in the forest with you on their arms. He's conscious, and Auburn says, We found him in the forest and and he's not good. The man looks at you and says, I saw a bug bear rip a man in half. So I ran, but I couldn't survive in this forest. Help me. And that's the end of our broadcast week.
2: We got buckbears. We got hobgoblins. We got druggie gnomes and we got whores. This is D&D, baby.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I can drink to that. You just call me a druggy gnome? <laughs>